Welcome back to Trading 360. I want to get some insights from the news shaping the markets. For that, we welcome in Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Research Manager at Charles Schwab. I'm so glad um, you're with us here as we're taking a look at the markets that there's just no reprieve. I mean, every single sector is to the downside. I was looking, I saw energy and technology, consumer discretionary real estate. There's just no, um, you know, give or take here at all. It's just selling. What's going on? Yeah, I think, well, part of it, I, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint any move on a daily basis. Now we're at such the mercy of, you know, short-term headlines and Fed speak as we got from last week. But I will say, you know, I think from last week, the sell-off initially from the day of the Fed meeting was probably just a counter-trend rally back into, you know, the counter-trend that we saw on right. the day of the meeting when Powell dismissed the 75 basis points hike. Um, you know, that to us wasn't really that much of a big revelation because, you know, we weren't really expecting that. But I think now it's taking, you know, the market's probably digesting some of the, number one, higher employment cost data that we got last week. We had unit labor costs mm -hmm. soar by 12% in the first quarter, um, which was you know pretty high when you compare that to productivity, which sagged 8%. That was actually the second worst quarter that we had ever seen um, in the history of that data, right. going back to the 40s. So I think you know, yeah. with that and then earnings season, even though at a headline level earnings growth was strong, we started the quarter at 6%, we got up to 10% um, as of this morning for the data. You know, that's in the aggregate sense. And I think it's masking some of the weakness under the surface. You were mentioning some of the areas like consumer discretionary, the energy sector. Um, you know, energy's been strong, but consumer discretionary, communication services, some of the more growthier areas have actually seen, both on a quantitative side and a qualitative side, weakening earnings. And you're starting to see margin compression as well. And I think all of that culminating in what we're seeing today, what we saw last week, um, to me is not a surprise from a fundamental basis. I started to wonder why he said that about the 75 basis points. I started to wonder if maybe he was trying to appease the market so that we wouldn't have some huge sell-off mm -hmm. because then the markets bounce back. Yeah. But then they sold off dramatically the next day. Had he said it on day one, hey, we may consider 75 basis points. Or I wonder how the markets might, I mean, it's all speculation, but how things may have been different. Maybe they were trying to sort of, you know, calm the markets to a certain extent. Well, this is the tough part with the environment we're in now because they have to yeah. be data dependent. So we have to sort of look at each data point in, you know, not in isolation, but as mm -hmm. they do come in, I think that readjusts the market's expectations and you have to do it from the, infl the inflation side and yeah. the employment side. So yeah. with the jobs report on Friday, there wasn't a whole lot to, I think, sort of glean that they would, or to, to say that the Fed would deviate from its current path. But now we have inflation coming up this week. So if it starts to roll over, if we start to see a little bit of a softening, yeah. and I would say actually, you know, we shouldn't be looking as much or putting as much emphasis on the year-over-year -year numbers. Now we should start looking at the month-over-month -month numbers oh, just okay. to get a sense of, you know, is it going to, because we know mechanically. So you're going to be watching that. We have the CPI on Wednesday, PPI on Thursday, sentiment right. on Friday. So for CPI and PPI, you're going to really focus on the month-over-month? Well, still both on year over year and month over yes, month. But of now, since we're mechanically peaking with year over year because of base effects last year, uh, you know, we know yeah. that that's going to be cresting. So month over month data is going to be, if it's going to be persistently, you know, hot at 0 0.4, 0.5% on a, on a rolling basis, that's a much different story than if we start to see a softening towards, you know, 0 0.1 or even towards just the zero unchanged line. And then within that, as always, I think we have to look at the breakdown between goods and services and how much of it is transitioning from goods to services. But also keeping in mind that on the good side, if you do see a you know material softening in goods inflation, that's mm -hmm. going to translate into a softening in margins for goods you know producing sectors of, of the market. So I think that you know that dichotomy is going to be really important to assess. I like that you use the word vicious. <laughs> I mean that's tough. Yeah. It really is tough, I mean, because the S&P is down 15 plus percent. This is year to date, and this was right around the open, and we've gone worse. So 
over 15%. The Nasdaq's down 24% year to date. I mean, these are these are nothing to sneeze yeah. at. And it's vicious in both ways. I think when we think of you know high volatility or just risk in general, people think of it only to the downside, but it's to the right. upside too. We saw that last Wednesday after Powell's press conference. And you know, we need to keep in mind, you were sort of looking at some of the year-to-date uh, data and mentioning that. For the S&P, we haven't reached a technical 20% bear market uh, right. you know, for the headline index. But if you just look at the average member drawdowns over the past 52 weeks, they average at negative 27%. So, and that's not even inclusive of today's drop. So we could see that even extend a little bit more. So there's been a lot of churn under the surface. And that's been masked by rotations within sector leadership. But now we are starting to see it fall particularly now in the growthier areas of, of the market, and you know, mm-hmm. that's tech, comm services, and, and consumer discretionary, which just happen to be the biggest parts of the market, so that's leading us lower. Yeah, and as the Fed has to decide what to do next, in the meantime, we looked at that jobs report, and you know, it was sort of a mixed bag in some ways, but um, something you notice, notice is that there are some layoffs happening now. A little bit, yeah, we saw a pickup I in, almost can't believe it. I know, job, job cut announcements picked up a little bit last week, and you also had a little bit of a pickup in initial jobless claims. Nothing mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. can't make a trend out right, of a month right. or a week. But anytime you start to see that, along with the qualitative side of earnings reports, where some companies are now saying they're either stop, they've either stopped actively hiring or they're going to announce some job cuts. Anytime you get that, uh, especially in this market environment, I think those forces can put further downward pressure, not just on the market, but the economy. So we have, yeah. to keep it, we have to keep that in mind. And the layoffs aren't happening because they're getting great new people and things are great. The part that makes me nervous um, is it's reminiscent of when I stood here in 2008 and 2009. Every single day, Kevin, I stood here and said, this one's laying off, yeah. this one's laying off, this company's laying off. It was brutal, yeah. it was brutal, and there was just no, uh, you know, and nothing to make anybody feel better at any point. It was just every single day. Yeah, and I think, you know, different crises have different flavors, different recessions have different flavors. Yeah. So to the extent this is in the, you know, a repeat of 08, 09, I don't think it, you know, as right now looks as severe, especially within, you know, the housing right. market and the subprime bubble that we had. But, you know, to the extent it becomes more of a garden variety or a normal recession, I don't want, you know, it's hard to call a recession normal, but if we do see sort of that natural rolling over in, you know, job creation, you start to see unemployment tick up, the Fed then pulls off of the gas uh, because the economy is softening. That's why that makes this whole soft landing narrative really tough for them to nail, and we think just increasingly unlikely, especially when you get later into the cycle and when you have the market deteriorating at the pace that it has been deteriorating. How about, Spinning off the balance sheet. I mean, they're talking about starting this June 1st, but really not ramping up to that $95 billion until the fall after a few months. Um, is, are people saying that the Fed's on the right path? Because there's a lot of folks who think the Fed was late to the game. There's others who say they were just right because if they had raised earlier, it really would have been better. You know, is there a stance? Is there a trend that you're hearing? It's always going to be the counterfactual, I think, with the Fed. We're never going to know until, you know, we look back at history. But I will say, I mean, the balance sheet, as you brought up, this is is really important for this current cycle because we've never had to unwind $9 trillion worth of assets on a balance sheet. And so, and and I think the interesting part now is that you have them tightening with their traditional lever of monetary policy, raising interest rates. But now there's some estimates out there, um, not too many, but some that are suggesting that you could equate, you know, several hundred billion dollars worth of rolling off in the balance sheet to, you know, 
25 to 50 basis points sure. of hikes. Yeah. So to the extent that substitutes then for interest rate hikes, it kind of calls into question then how much the Fed is actually going to move up because they haven't even really started winding down the balance sheet yet. This has yeah. all happened, all of this weakness before they've even done it. Uh, so right now it's just been signaling in language and I think that's why the summer is going to be a really important period for us to see you know, how much more churn there is for, for the market and especially for the Treasury market too. Yeah, so thankful you're here as the S&P's at 4,007. Um, you know, any quick final thoughts about the week ahead or any support levels or any ideas about how these programs kick in and sell off? Well, I won't put on my pretend technician hat, so I don't know about okay. any levels, but yeah, I will say fine. I think CPI is probably yeah. going to be in, you know, PPI Important. along with that, just to see, you know, not only what the reaction function is from the market, but just yeah. to look at the breadth of increases and just see if we're, you know, going to get any softening in any of the components. I can't wait for it. I mean, honestly, all day yesterday, I sat with so much anticipation of yeah. asking my family, I said, is anybody else worried about work tomorrow or school? Or, <laughs> I mean, I can't sit still on a Sunday. To, I, yeah. I just really can't wait to get in here and have that bell ring and get it started. Kevin Gordon, thank you. Charles Schwab, nice to see you. We appreciate that you're here with us each Monday. You can catch Kevin here live.